Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. John chapter 4, John chapter 4, verse 5 says this. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey, sat thus at, by the well. And it was about the sixth hour, and a woman of Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. So everybody was hungry. Jesus was hungry. This tells me he was fasting. And then the woman of Samaria said to him, how is, that, how is it that you, being a Jew, because remember, Samaritans were a mixed I can say that because my children are mixed breeds. Anyhow, someone just got offended. You being a Jew asking to drink from me, a Samaritan woman. For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God, that that is really what you have to, the question you have to really propose to yourself and your family. If they knew the gift of God. And who it is that says to you, give me a drink. You would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where then do I get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whosoever drinks of this water will thirst again. And let me just add this. Every natural resource that you have that you're dependent on will always leave you hungry and thirsty. It always do. And you always have to go back. Now you always, you, you have to go back. But when you have the living water inside you, you want to go back. That's the difference for survival. It makes it go from I have to do this to I get to do this. I want to do this. He puts the desire inside of you. And he said to her, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. The water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I'm going to jump down very quickly to another verse. I'm going to jump down to... that's a long verse where it says sir I perceive that you are a prophet our fathers worshipped on this mountain because now he's telling her about your past or who she's been with and he said if you want to drink go tell your husband this and go tell your husband that then he said then she said well I, I now I know you're a prophet because she had a past but isn't it amazing despite him knowing her past he still offered her living water God is no respect to person. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We know what we worship. For salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers. Now he went outside the paradox or he went outside the actual, uh, uh, the, the traditional belief system that salvation only belongs to the Jews 
because he was fixing to break down that barrier and he was fixing to open up to the entire world of both Jew and Gentile. And he called that mixed breed, he called those two groups comprised into one, true worshipers. True worshipers. And so he says this, and the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers turn to somebody and tell them, I am a true worshiper. Will worship the Father, say with me, in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. Repeat this after me. God is a spirit. And those who worship Him must, must worship Him in spirit and truth. We're going to be talking about hungering for God tonight hungering for God. Somebody say, Lord Jesus, bless this service right now again. One more time, just because he's so worthy, give him a shout of praise and tell him, I love you. I worship you in Jesus' name. And you can be seated here tonight. You can be seated. What is really interesting about this is that we look at Jesus in this moment while he is fasting and had an opportunity to actually eat something. And then the, the scripture never concludes with she gave him water. It never, it never concluded with he asked, she actually followed through and gave him something to drink. Isn't that kind of funny? I think she got excited and just took off. You know, she's like, man, I forgot to give him something to drink. Now, when God asked you for a drink, because at that moment, she had the revelation that Jesus was the Messiah. And so that revelatory knowledge that came to her, you know, there should have been some type of a, a disposition, a change of her disposition when she went to just being a Samaritan. And then, and then, if you were to connect the dots, he was literally prophesying to her and telling her that there's going to be a time where you, are going to be able to drink from the wells of everlasting life just like the Jewish nation had been promised. It's also good to note that this was Jacob's well. God met Jacob at the well, so he had already been there before. This time he met another and had another appointment. God will always meet you where you draw water from. God will always meet you where your hunger and your thirst are fulfilled. Wherever he frequents you, remember, if you ever find yourself in a place where you can't find God, go to where you find him in prayer and in worship and the word, and he'll be there. God will always be there, and this is what fasting does. Fasting creates, with prayer and the word, will bring a spiritual hunger and an awareness to give you direction that when you don't know what to do, you know what to do. When you don't understand where you're at, you can always find him through worship, through prayer. He'll always be at the well. He'll always, you'll always find him there. And what's interesting about that, I think the question has never changed. I think God wants us to give him something in return. That's worship. You notice how he said to her, give me from the well? And, and, and I'll give you something. 
that really is a type of practical strategy and approach to God. The scripture says, come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in the time of need. Before we ever get from God, we have to get to God. And then he reciprocates it back. God requires us first to take action. I think that was the message. God requires us because there was going to come a day that she would drink. I believe, I believe that there would have come a day. I think God, I think the Lord in his wisdom used this woman to prepare that region for his ministry. The kingdom being preached, the good news. I really do believe that in this moment he was giving her principle. And I do believe that maybe this is just my thinking, but, you know, he does everything with purpose and intention. And he knows everyone by name. But I do believe there came a day where that moment came back to her mind. And when there was opportunity, I think that he gave her something from herself. Remember, if you want something from God, you have to give to God because he's already paid the ultimate price and given to us. He's already done his part. He has already went to Calvary. He came into this world, displayed the kingdom. He went to the cross. He was buried, was resurrected, and ascended up on high. He's done his part. Now God is waiting for you to do your part. All of us have a part. All of us have a part. But what drives us to this house and drives us, uh, what drives us to the house is the same thing that will drive us on our knees. What drives us to God's church is the very same thing that will drive you to worship at home. What drives us to this location is the very same thing that will drive you to fast and to pray. And that's appetite. Appetite will take people out of town. Just have, have you ever gone out of town just to eat at a restaurant and go shopping? No problem, right? Let's get up. Let's go early in the morning. Anybody guilty of that? Or, well, really not guilty. It's not a sin. But it is if you don't go to church. What am I talking to? The reason why is because when we give somebody something, they give us something of equal value in return. But what we need to recognize is, is when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, the scripture says you shall be filled. God does the same thing, but something better. So he was using the example of the well and the spirit to give an example and to teach her something. You will never outgive God in time, talent, and treasure. You will never outgive God in your worship where God won't bless you back in some way or some manner to prove himself to you. Spending time in prayer is time well spent. Spending time not eating and restraining from certain things will come back to you a hundredfold. It will prepare you. It will help you. It will alter your appetite to give you something that will drive you. Appetite drives us. Appetite is the same as me saying desire, passion, hunger. 
When you hunger for God, when you are hungry for God, you will do anything to fill that hunger. In America, our biggest problem is we are eating so many other things. We have so many choices. We have a spiritual buffet. And it's fulfilling our spiritual desires where God wants us to allow him to give us a better entree. The fruits of the spirit. The gifts of the spirit. The works of God. So many things that the kingdom has to offer in this line that he has in the kingdom. He referred to it even, he said to the disciples at the Last Supper, I will eat this with you again until I eat it in my Father's kingdom. When we took communion tonight, it wasn't just bread and juice. It was representation of everything that the body or the bread or the brokenness of that body would give us through faith. There's healing that came through the brokenness of Jesus. There's deliverance that came through the brokenness of Jesus. There's such an onslaught of offering. And like kings, we can eat at the kingdom at his table. Like Meshibbeth, who was called to sit at the table, even though he had an ailment. But how many of you know that when you sit at the table, you can only see what's above the table and not beneath? It's like God covers our shame and allows us to all be the same at the table. God gives you heavenly food to consume of to alter your appetite. Point number one, appetites can be altered. Appetites can be altered. Let me give you the example. This is what happened right after that. After he ministered to the Samaritan woman, John chapter 4, verse 31 through 33 says this in the ESV. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, meaning teacher, eat. But he said to them, I have food to eat you do not know about. And <laughs> listen to the innocence and the ignorance of the disciples. So the disciples said to one another, has anyone brought him something to eat? Like, who brought the tacos, right? <laughs> Someone came by, a vendor came by and gave him corn. I mean, what in the world? We went all the way in town. Have you ever done that? Your children ever done that to you? Like, you told them you're making dinner, and they said, I, picked, I already picked something up. No? You don't know the frustration of preparing a meal, and then someone shows up saying, I already ate. I'm not hungry. Mamas, any mamas around here? Any mamas around here going once, going twice? Any dads who barbecue? I'm mean, telling you, when you want people to eat their food, what's the one thing you want them to be? Hungry. How do you think the Lord feels when he went to Calvary, gave us his bread, and drank and, and spilled his blood, but yet we don't hunger for it? What is the best, one of the best compliments you can give God? Come to him hungry. Come to him wanting. Come to him desiring. Come to him by faith. Come to him. So they came to him, and you know what he actually referenced his food to? Are you ready for this? Write this down. Evangelism. Ministry. The gifts of the spirit. He prophesied to her. A word of knowledge. He evangelized. He prophesied. He gave a word of knowledge. 
He was functioning in the kingdom. And he was reaching out. How many of you have ever ministered to somebody and you felt the spirit of God fill your being and then afterwards, it's like during that, you weren't thinking about steak and potatoes, pizza. You were being fulfilled by what was flowing through you. And in that moment, God was altering your desires. So the anointing was strong in the life of Jesus that by the time the disciples came back, he said, I'm not hungry. He was fasting, but he wasn't hungry. It gave him a boost to keep going forward. When you do God's will, when you serve God, when you minister to others, Help somebody. Now, some of you are probably thinking, I'm not a minister. Yes, you are. Everybody is a minister. I don't have a microphone. Who said a microphone validates ministry? Another ministry is a fancy word for serving and helping. Everybody should be able to help somebody, serve somebody. So, did you know that if you walk with God, he will lead you to somebody who needs him every single day? Every day, if you spend time with Jesus in prayer and worship every day in your home, when you walk out, he's going to lead you places and take you to people that need to hear about and experience living water. He will. He will. How many of you ever heard me tell the story about, now I've had this happen so many times in so many different ways, but I think this is the best story, I think the testimony that I think I've got about this. How many of you ever heard me tell the testimony of the time I was so hungry to minister, had no one to talk to, and God led me in my car and took me outside the city? Have you ever heard that story? Nobody? Maybe a few? I'm gonna, would you like me to hear the, tell the story again? Well, this is one thing, but there's a lot of things I can tell you about how God's led me to people at the right time in the right place. Some of you are actually sitting in here tonight. You were an appointment at the well. You know why you're at the well? You know how, why I met you? God saw your hunger and he saw your thirst. That's not everybody. That's some people. Now, you got to think about this in your life. Who will God lead you to? He'll lead you to hungry people. He'll lead you to thirsty people. He'll, he'll take you right to them. What, what did Jesus say? He said, I must go to Samaria. But remember, he was fasting while he heard that. Had he been occupied, watch this now. Had he been focused on food, he would have missed the well. Because the rest of the disciples missed out on a ministry moment. Because their hunger took them to find food. It's our hunger and desire from our fleshly nature that deprives us of God opportunities. But if you'll live a life of discipline and live a life where God is your main desire, and it takes some time, it doesn't happen overnight, but if you'll be consistent in your life, if you'll just meet him one day and learn how to duplicate that day and do it again and do it again and do it again, he'll alter your appetite and he'll lead you by your heart. Desire. See, that's what the Spirit of God does. God begins to speak straight to your heart, not your brain. But the Word of God will help your brain align with your spirit. And when God's Spirit speaks, 
He'll give you direction and words and wisdom and understanding, but he'll also take you to people. And that's the secret. When your appetites are altered, there's so much God can do with you. How many times have we bypassed a God opportunity because our natural hunger or our natural desires stopped us from hearing and seeing and leading us to a God opportunity that could have been an open door, a person, an individual. Where God is always talking, but the question you have to ask yourself, are you listening? Fasting allows your spirit to hear and to listen. Don't overlook fasting. If you're struggling and you are praying and reading your Bible and you still can't break through, I promise you, according to God's word, fast. I can't fast because the doctor said, stay away from hamburgers. I know it's hard. There's a demon in those beef burger patties. I'm telling you, I know the devil in dough in bread. I love bread. The little Pillsbury Doughboy thing is of the devil. Looks like the devil from Ghostbusters, right? It will take you. Listen, there's nothing wrong with having those things. But discipline yourself enough to go to God and develop your spiritual hunger. Very simple, very practical. But your appetites can be altered. Here's what I want to also share with you, and I have to get closing. I'd love to get to a closing. Number two, the spirit and the word accomplishes God's will. See, what we need to recognize is, is that Jesus wasn't a novice when it came to the word of God. The, the moment he displayed this, he displayed this by proving after coming out of Nazareth at the age of 12. What did the scripture say about him? Where was he? He was found in the what? The synagogue. What was he doing? Teaching. Discussing, conversing. And what did they say about him? Where did this young man get all of this wisdom and understanding? He studied. He listened. He prayed. He had wisdom and he grew and matured. He matured. So this tells me he had a combination. We all know he came filled with the whole. We all know he was God in the flesh. The spiritual part was there. But he did have to give himself over to study. Don't think for one moment Jesus did not study. He studied. He was always at the synagogue. He opened up the book and read Isaiah 61 when the time of his ministry was at hand. And he closed the book and handed it to those that were in charge. He was always engaged in the synagogues with the word of God. With Pharisees, Sadducees, they couldn't talk around him. He was so wise, so smart. He was so detailed on things. He knew the word of God. This is part of the secret, his prayer life and the word. But then when he talks to the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4, verse 23 and 24, it says, but the hour is coming and now is where the true worshipers, true worshipers, will worship the Father in spirit and truth. True worship is comprised 
of a love for the word of God and a desire for his spirit. And when you get the two and combine them and consistent with them, you align. What happens is your whole being aligns with him. Body, the body part has to be dealt with with fasting. But your soul, now fasting humbles your soul. And fasting will also deal with natural appetites. And it will starve out everything that's opposing the Holy Ghost. So the word of God will convert the soul and prayer will feed the spirit and grow it. But whenever fasting is not dealt with, it restricts the two from flowing because physical appetites get in the way we feed the old nature. The old nature. I've got to tell you, this flesh cries and pouts and, it's, and it makes the soul rebellious. If you think you have no ounce of rebellion, give up what you love for a week. What do you love most or what takes up your time? Give it up. If you don't think it's a God in your life or an idol, give it up for a month. Give it up for two months. Try a year. And when you're without it and you try to revert to it like the Egypt, like, like the, the Israelites reverted back to the Egyptian gods, you'll know it's an idol. When you can do without. Can I put a tough one in front of you? I love technology, but sometimes you got to just shut that phone off and put it aside. Sometimes you're just going to have to say no to Facebook or whatever else, TikTok, whatever else you're on. I'm just telling you, it will take you away from being focused on God. Sometimes that device, I'm not trying to be holy or extra religious, but it's a tool, right? It's a tool. You can still watch Netflix, by the way. You can still watch YouTube. It's not watching YouTube or Netflix that makes you bad. It's what you're watching on it. Understand the discipline. And, you know, when you start praying and fasting and reading the word of God, you begin to develop an appetite. And it's like automatically you'll find yourself going to YouTube sometimes whenever you allow it in your family, whatever you do. I don't watch anything till nighttime when I'm about to either pray or whatever just to relax a little bit. But I'm going to tell you, I am guilty. And this is what you need to hear. This is what every pastor should say, to be quite honest with you. I have been guilty in the, in the past of watching something on Netflix. Well, I love war movies. I love documentaries. I love real life stories. But I have been guilty of watching something that rubbed the Holy Ghost the wrong way and desensitized me where I could not pray. Hey, what are you, hey. What's going on here? You have some compassion, man. <laughs> The last time I confessed my sins to you. <laughs> Y'all catch that online? Finding another church. <laughs> but how many of you understand that? I mean, look, you can go easily go on YouTube and find something wholesome, something that will add to you and grow you in knowledge and experience that will build you up and edify you in every way. It's a choice. It's a decision. 
It's not the devil, guys. It's your flesh. And it's your appetites. Let's keep it simple. And the choice is yours. So what's this? So the Father seeketh such people to worship him. The word worship comes from the word, the Greek word that means adorer, to adore him. A sign of affection. And then he seeketh such the worshipers. Watch this. To worship him. Watch this. So the Father seeketh such people to worship him or adore him. Adore him. How do you adore God? Well, listen, you have to recognize God adores you. When you recognize he adores you, gave his life for you, loves you, you have to give it back to him. Then you will begin to feel the adoration that he has for you, and you develop adoration for him. Keep in mind, it's very simple. You want more of the love of God, love him more and give it more. You want more adoration in your life for the things of God, adore him and begin to adore everything that represents him. It all begins with gratitude, understanding what he's done for you, and also understanding what is in you. When you understand that the Holy Ghost, that the Spirit of Christ inside of you, the kingdom of God from which the king reigns inside of you, what it is, and the power and the authority and the things that it connects you to government-wise, you know, you, you are, you and I are in America, but we belong to another kingdom whose government is superior to anything this world has to offer. The strength that is found in angels. You think the United States of, the, of America has an Austin military. You haven't seen nothing till you've seen God's angels fight. Their prayer is the highest form of technology. The point is, is that you start to have an appreciation. You start to have an awareness. But the word worshipers, where he says it right here, for now, is when the true worshipers, that word worshipers, Dr. Dr. Al, Papa Al, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this and, and I'm going to try to pronounce it right. Prosku nayu. Prosku nayu. That sounds like I know it, right? All you got to do is roll your R's. That's all you got to do. Roll your eyes. It's easy. I'm Greek. That word comes from the Greek word that means to recognize, recognize spiritual status and ranking. Powerful. The time is coming where the Father is going to call forth those who recognize his ranking. As king. I'm going to give you a secret. I'm going to give you a, a powerful revelation. Watch this. Well, you, did you know that when you become a true worshiper, you begin to find your identity as part of the royal priesthood? Watch this. Take note of this. You start to find your identity, and he says you, you're heirs with Christ, and you're seated with him, with him in heavenly places, and you begin to have authority. And guess what happens? If you're seated with him in heavenly places, far above 
Can you imagine this? I'm telling you, imagine what I'm saying. Far above principality, powers, demons, and darkness, and all these things that war against us, you really are in the spirit. You have to align yourself through prayer, fasting, and studying, and then you begin to grow in the ranks. And you can outrank anyone or anything in the spirit and has no authority to, over you. How do you think Joseph got out of prison? And got promoted straight under Pharaoh. He outranked everybody. In fact, when he got thrown into prison, they put him over the prison. How? He outranked them. Daniel, he outranked even Nebuchadnezzar. He outranked every sorcerer, every medium, every spiritualist. He outranked all of them. And Nebuchadnezzar came for him. You can outrank by your consistency and true worship. God will elevate you. And then through your worship, you will begin to see your environment alter and conform to the kingdom of God. But you have to step in as a true worshiper and not just do it on Sundays and Wednesdays. It's an everyday thing. Oh, oh, watch this. I'm going to take it further. He said, not on this mountain or that mountain. A geographical location like a church or building does not validate your spiritual authority. Now, church matters. But the church was here to give instruction, to give direction, and to give place to the, to, to the principle of the body assembling together where every joint is comprised by living and living stones. The actual building blocks of the church to make a holy habitation of God in the spirit. But the real worship begins at home. The real fire starts at home. We just bring the fire together when we get together. And when that begins to happen, it's by hunger and appetite. You should always, always feel something in your spirit when you find out about Wednesday night and Sundays and think to yourself, man, I'm just hungry for the word of God. I'm just hungry for the spirit of the Lord. Why? Because you've been feasting and eating and worshiping all throughout the week. And all it does is alter your appetite. But when you begin to have that in your mind, it helps you accomplish the will of God. There is no resistance to being obedient. That's why the spirit and the word accomplishes God's will, because it alters your appetite. Because the only thing that can stop us from doing God's will is ourselves, our appetites. That's why I tell everybody, I tell my kids, you go on vacation, don't go without Jesus. Because when people get back from vacation, they're like, Mickey Mouse who? <laughs> Where? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? I'm not throwing any names out there or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> you got to worship God, man. I mean, what, what if, what if, I'm just saying, what if God took a vacation from helping us? And we prayed and say, where are you, Lord? And you got like this message from an angel. Um, that was scared. He went on vacation, but he'll be back tomorrow. Right? I've had a high voice. I would do that little 
thing when you hear the voicemail go off. Thank you for calling the kingdom of God. <laughs> We're not here right now. But if you leave your name and number, we'll be happy to get back with you after your trouble, after you have suffered and died and resurrected. <laughs> we'll be happy to send an angel to you. Just give us your address, and we'll be back as soon as possible. God bless you. Bye-bye. Beep. Oh, my God. That would be horrible, right? He would never do that to us. He that keepeth Israel neither sleeps nor slumber. We need to always be there for him. We need to always be ready to worship. No, no. We have to always keep the fire going. Is there anybody here that are fire starters? Are there any fire starters in this building here tonight? Is there any worshipers in this building here tonight? Is there anybody that loves to praise the Lord at all days, all hours, and understand the principle behind it? I'm telling you right now that God is looking for true worshipers. God is looking for people who are willing to fast, who are willing to say, no, I'm going to go to the well. Uh -huh, no, 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 right now i got to take care of business. i, I got to do this. i got to do that. And, and, and listen, God will give you a reward for everything that you do, but I'm not in it for the reward. I'm in it because he's blessed me. He saved me. He loves me. Here's what I want to tell you. Here's what I want to leave you with. Prayer, fasting, and studying the word of God will help you defeat any strong man. If you're not able to defeat strong men in your life, which is spiritual darkness, is because you're a weak man. Now, I'm not saying just to the male gender. We've taught you here that anytime you hear sons of God, it's not just excluding females. In the kingdom of God, there's neither man nor woman, husband nor wife. That word comes from a spiritual explanation of the spirit man. And whether you're male or female, you have a spirit man. It's referring to your spirit man. But you have a strong man inside of you called Jesus Christ. And anything you face in your life, you have the authority. Let me explain authority to you. You have only availability to power. You can't handle the power of God. If you ask God and God gave you all power, gave you all, you would explode. Power flows through you, but you have all authority. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and in earth. Nobody can handle all the power of God because God is way too big. But when you recognize your authority and you grow in ranking through worship, Worship, what is worship? It's more than praying. It is your whole life has become a living sacrifice. Worship. Everything you do is for the Lord. Everything you say edifies Him. Anytime you think, it's thinking on the Lord. It's a life of worship in spirit and in truth. Then your body becomes something God can consume, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto the Lord. And that's where the fire falls. That's where the fire falls. I just got back from Louisiana. Thank you for allowing me to fly and minister at other churches when they call for me. And it's a, it's a humbling opportunity that I get to serve other churches. When I travel, I travel with fire. Don't travel with, with a lack of a prayer life and a desire. 
When pastors ask me what you want to do, I say, just leave me in my room. Give me some fruits and vegetables. I'm fine. I'm going to be fasting. I'm going to be praying. Because when somebody calls you to serve, you've got to bring something to the plate. You have to bring something. And here's what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, when, when your family needs you, you got to have it. When, when, you're, when, you're, when your boss needs you, you have to have it. When your employees need it, you have to have it. When your wife needs it, you have to have it. When your husband needs it, you have to have it. When you're a carrier and you're a worshiper of Jesus Christ and you have authority in your life, God will let the power of God flow through you, and there is absolutely no spirit that can stand in front of you because they can't stand in front of God who is a consuming fire. Will you lift up your hands right now in this holy moment and just surrender to God your entire being? I'm going to encourage you to participate with us during this this time of fasting. I'm going to encourage you to think about even, and don't let the the anointing come off you when I'm about to tell you, our first fruit offering. Think about what God has placed in your heart to do that. You see, giving breaks greed. That, that takes up space for God wants to give you benevolence and generosity. Every part of us giving is a form of worship. God doesn't need your money. You need his anointing and spirit, and he wants that part of your heart. Would you consider taking time to be a priest and to follow through with your priestly duties and, and, and give time to God in the morning and in the evening? Would you consider going out of darkness into his marvelous light by asking him to light your candle and refresh the anointing and to set you on fire? Would you consider becoming a living sacrifice, which is your reasonable service, is all that we can do? We can never repay God, but we can become true worshipers. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now that every person here with the hunger, every person with the hunger, We just say right now, by the authority, by the authority of the marvelous name of Jesus Christ, by the authority given to us among men whereby we are saved, by the authority of the King, your majesty, I pray right now let a fresh wind come. Let a fresh wind come to your people. Come to your people. Blow. Blow, Holy Ghost, just begin to blow. Begin to blow through the house. Let a refreshing come over your people right now. Right now, come, 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 come. Come now, 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 now. If you're dealing with a strong man in your life and you need a breakthrough, come down. We're going to pray with you. There's a stronger man here tonight, and his name is Jesus. If that's you and you need deliverance, come down. Holy Ghost will deliver you. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.